Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job helps us get ready for opposition and discouragement. Whatever God has put on your heart to do to rebuild, there will be opposition to it, and you need to have a mindset to work and not be distracted by critics that may come your way. Amen? Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, we've reached Nehemiah chapter 4 in our continuing series, Rebuild Your Life, Your City, Your World. And Mark is here in the studio with me. Uh, you probably know this principle better than anyone as a pastor and church planner, Mark. And acting on any great call of God, you can just guarantee it, there will be some opposition. There will be opposition. And you know, Nehemiah reminds the people, don't be afraid. It's going to happen. I mean, nothing good happens in life without some opposition, and sometimes we let fear paralyze us. But I also like this the fact that Nehemiah says, fight. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't hear that enough. We have mm-hmm. to fight. There's a battle. If you're in a battle right now, hey, it doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. If you're battling and fighting and it's tough right now, you may be right where God wants you to be. In fact, Wayne, I I remember preaching through uh, one of the parts of Nehemiah where Nehemiah is fighting and gets a little aggressive. And I had this guy that came to Christ. He was 300 pounds, six foot six, big guy (laughs) who had come out of a severe cocaine addiction. And he came up to me afterwards. He said, I love that guy, Nehemiah, because he grabbed a guy by the beard and pulled it around. (laughs) I love that tough prophet. And... uh, So sometimes, you know, we have to fight uh, for what God has called us to achieve. Yeah, what a great story. Well, we know you listening will receive encouragement today, even in the face of opposition. Here's Mark with a message titled, Moving Forward Under Attack. And his task is to try to rebuild the wall that's around the city. And he gets there, inspects the walls, mobilizes the people. They all start working, and it seems like things are humming well. I mean, people are motivated. Everyone has grabbed a section of the wall. They're working on it. They're inspired. They're rah, rah, let's do it. We can do it. And it seems like all his dreams and visions are coming to pass, that God has opened up the door one after another, after another, after another, until now. You see, if things are going well in your life and God is opening up a bunch of doors and you're trying to do something for God and rebuild something for God, that's good. But don't expect the honeymoon to last forever. Because anytime you try to make progress in life, invariably you will encounter opposition. Anything you try to do, anything you try to build, if it's for God, if it's good, if it makes sense, if it's worth pouring yourself into, you will encounter opposition one way or another. It's going to come. So don't be surprised when it's come like, God, what's happened? No, it's, it's going to come. Remember, Pastor Mark told me it's going to come. It's going to happen. Opposition will come your way. In fact, let me tell you this. If you're leading anything, expect opposition. I've been a pastor for 21 years, I said earlier, 
And let me tell you, I've learned over the years, especially as I train younger pastors and leaders in ministry, I always let them know, hey, if, if you're going to lead, remember there will be opposition. And if you can't handle opposition, then step out right now because you will be lambasted and bombarded and you, you have to realize that's just part of leading. Everyone who steps up to lead anything is going to be opposed. There'll be times where you'll be opposed. And so you have to learn to live and understand that opposition is going to be there. So the question is, how do I move forward under attack? How do I move forward when opposition is coming my way? And that's really the question I'm answering today as we look at Nehemiah chapter 4. Because Nehemiah chapter 4 is how do we keep going when people or opposition comes our way? Verse 1, when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. You need to realize that some people will not be happy at the progress you're making in life. Some people aren't going to be glad you got that job. They're going to be angry. Uh, some people aren't going to be happy that you have six months of sobriety. Some people aren't going to be happy that you had that loan approved to get that house and the mortgage was approved and finally you're moving into your own place. Not everybody will be happy. Not everybody's going to be rejoice that you got accepted into college and you're finally progressing. Not everybody's going to be happy when they know that you're starting your own business and the loan went through. Listen, here's the thing. Not everybody rejoices when things go well in your life. You will have people that will become angry at your prosperity because your progress sometimes will mean that they lose influence, control, and power. And sometimes we, have a, we think that everybody will be happy when things go well for us, but life isn't that way. There will be people that are self-centered, people that have a vested interest in you not prospering. Sam Bellet did not want Jerusalem to be rebuilt. He wanted it to be a ghetto. He wanted it to be lawless. He wanted the houses to remain torn down because he was taking advantage of the people that had little protection. He wanted the infrastructures to be broken because he had greater control. He didn't want there to be organization. He didn't want the city to be rebuilt. He liked the ghetto. He wanted it broken down. He wanted people lived up, living in boarded up houses. He wanted people to be in debt. His business thrived when other people were in chaos. He loved the way it was. And he opposed any rebuilding. And Sam Ballot is the, he's the image of that person that opposes any rebuilding that God is doing. And he says he became very angry and greatly incensed, and he ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from the heap of rubbles burned as they are? Then Tobiah, his crony, 
the Ammonite, chimed in, who was at his side, and he said, what are they building? If even a fox climbed on it, referring to the wall, it would break down their walls of stone. Now here we have two men that are not lifting one single finger to help, but yet they're sitting back with their arms crossed, criticizing, using ridicule and sarcasm to discourage the people that are trying to do something about it. Oh, I wish you could hear me. Because there's always those that cross their arms. They won't lift a finger, but they watch you try to do something good. And then, now they don't roll up their sleeves and say, let me help. They sit on the sidelines with their arms crossed and say... You're never going to do it. It'll never happen. The price tag is too big. You guys don't have the power, the money, the resources. You might as well pack your bags and go home because it's never going to happen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's always those that cross their arms, sit on the sidelines when something good is happening, but don't lift a finger to help out in that good that God is trying to do. It's the Sam Ballots and Tobias, and they'll always be there. You might as well just get used to it because life is full of Sam Ballots and Tobias that cross their arms and ridicule what you are trying to do, the good that is coming in your life, the good that you're trying to embrace. Uh, you'll never graduate from college. Your brother dropped out too. Your mom never made it through. You might as well quit now and get a real job, make some money because you're not smart enough to make it through. There's always the Sam Ballots, there's always the Tobias around us. And the Bible says, the Bible says that they ridiculed them, and I believe that you need to understand the whole aim of the opposition, and jot this down if you're taking notes because this is super important. The aim of most spiritual attacks, listen to me well, is to weaken your mindset in order to stop the progress of what God is doing. You see, most battles are not lost because we can't do it. Most battles are lost because we don't think we can do it. Most battles are not lost because we can't. Most battles are lost because the way we think, because we become distracted or discouraged. Most sport teams, it's not just about their physical conditioning, it's about their mental state. Uh, people win or lose because of how they're thinking. Uh, people succeed in life or fail in life because of their thinking. Uh, people bail out of Christianity or grow in Christianity because of their thinking. And so if your thinking can become demoralized, if your vision can become blurred, if your faith can be squelched, if your expectation of the future be can become smaller, then you have lost half the battle right there. Are you tracking with me? Because really it's your thinking. It's your thinking. 
And notice what happens. I love, I love what Nehemiah does. You see, the enemy is all about stopping the progress in your life. The moment that you stop working on what God has called you to do, it's the moment the enemy has won. Well, let's pause right there for just a moment. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, and Mark Job is talking about your mindset and the need to safeguard that vision of what God has called you to do. There's more coming up in a moment. Let me remind you, though, to head over to boldstepsweekend.org for more in our current teaching series called Rebuild Your Life, Your City, Your World. All of our audio and past broadcasts are available anytime, anywhere, on demand. It's all at boldstepsweekend.org. And we love hearing how the program is helping you along your spiritual path, so let us know by calling us or sending us a note. Our phone number is 866-535-5580, or send an email by going to boldstepsweekend.org. We do read them all, and we'd love to hear from you today. Well, Pastor Mark says there's a critical moment that occurs when discouragement and opposition come together. What action should we take? Let's rejoin our message from Mark Job, titled, Moving Forward Under Attack. The moment you stop doing what God has called you to do, it's the moment the enemy has already gained the victory in your life. They were trying to stop Nehemiah and his progress. I love what Nehemiah did. Look at in verse 4, Nehemiah prays. He doesn't go to talk to Sambalak and Tobiah. He doesn't say, well, let me argue with you because, no, no, I think we can do it. And we have an army. We have a strategy. We have a plan. He doesn't talk to them. He ignores them. He goes to God. He says, God, see what they're saying about us? God, do you hear them? How they're trying to demoralize us? And I kind of like his prayer, in fact, too. He says, turn their insults back on their own heads. I like that prayer. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of your builders. By the way, he's not the only one that's prayed a prayer like that. Um, Do you remember in Psalm 58 what King David says? King David says, break their teeth in their mouth. Now, that doesn't sound like a nice prayer, does it? I know some of you have prayed stuff like that before. Don't, don't act like you haven't. I think there's a time when our prayers are, God, you need to fight for me because I'm not going to, I don't have time to fight. I need you to be my defender. I, don't, I got a job to do, and it's the job you've called me to do, God, and I'm not going to quit doing the job that you've called me to do to try to go to fight my critics on my opponents. So, Lord, I'm calling you to stand up and defend me. You fight my job. You thwart the attacks of the enemy. You mess up their schemes. You confuse their mind. You stop the opposition, Lord. I'm asking you to fight my battles for me because I can't stop. I have a call on my life. Hello? And then verse 6 is my favorite verse in this point because he says, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half of its height. Remember, the wall is about 15 feet high. So it, it, it reached about 7 or 8 feet. We rebuilt it to half its height for the people worked with all of their heart. I like the, ver- the version that says, For the people had a mind to work. 
You see, the enemy was trying to get them off track. He was trying to discourage them. He was trying to stop them from working on what they were supposed to be working on. But the people had a mind to work. They didn't stop to answer their critics. They didn't stop and argue about what was right or wrong. They just kept doing what God had called them to do. I want you to hear me well. If God's called you to rebuild your family, then do it and don't stop. If God's called you to do a ministry, then do it and don't stop. If God has called you to work on your children, then do it and don't stop. If God has called you to build a business, then do it and don't stop. Do what God has called you to do. And don't get entrapped in trying to answer all your critics. If I spent time trying to answer everybody that criticized me over the years, I would not get anything done. You say, Pastor, you get criticized? Oh, every leader does. You can't lead a church movement of several thousand people without not getting criticism. It's going to happen. And when I was a young pastor, it would really de- it would demoralize me. Oh, Lord, i got to go meet with them and talk with them and try to win them to my side. And all kinds of interesting. People get mad. We're in Chicago. Hey, there's all kinds of assortment of nutcases and psychos and fruitcakes and acts to grind People that don't know you, they're just ready to pick a fight. Period. How about it? So what are we live in? I've had people tell me, hey, you know, hey, Pastor, I, I remember, I, this has happened a couple times. I remember one woman telling me, hey, you know, my, my husband says that if he sees you on the street, he's going to punch you. I said, well, I, I don't think I've ever met your husband. She said, no, you haven't. I wanted to say, could you give me a picture just, you know, in, so I can duck when I see him, you know? He's just mad. I said, well, why is he mad at me? I've never met him. She says, well, my life has changed, and you know, I'm not going out partying with him anymore, and he's really mad at you. People write nasty, blankety-blank, blank, blank, blanky, blankety-blank, blank, 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 you pastor. And people get mad, threaten, curse. I'm on their blacklist. I've had photos sent back, crossed out, you antichrist. I mean, it's just part of opposition. You just need to know that anytime you lead anything, there will be opposition that will come your way. It just, it just goes with the territory. Just to be expected. It just happens that way. And I tell my wife at times, she says, you know, sometimes I get uh, letters, emails, whatever, and I try to evaluate them, consider them. If I just feel from an angry person, I just kind of move on. And what I'm saying is that every time you try to go forward in something in in God, whether it's trying to have a healthy dating relationship or building towards marriage or creating a family or building a business or starting a ministry, whatever God has put on your heart to do to rebuild, there will be opposition to it. And you need to have a mindset to work and not be distracted by critics that may come your way. Amen? All right. Secondly, I want you to write this down. When internal discouragement and external opposition converge on us at the same time, it creates what I call a critical moment. So they continued to work in spite of their opposition. And the Bible says that they just continued to rebuild and they made progress. They were being criticized, but they made progress anyways. 
And then verse 7, the second onslaught of opposition comes their way. But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to the Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. Sounds like Sambalat has an anger problem, huh? He needs to go to anger management classes. He's always angry. Through the entire book of Nehemiah, he's angry, angry, angry at progress. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Verse 10. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Verse 11. Also, our enemies said, before you know it or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack you. Last chapter, we went from everybody working hard, making progress, to now there's external opposition and internal discouragement. Now, I want you to hear me well. This is huge. Sometimes internal discouragement hits us at the same time that external opposition hits us. And it comes like a flood. You know, you can handle one thing at a time. But how many of you have ever been in the situation where it's not just one thing at a time? You feel like you're juggling about as much as you can. And then someone throws two more balls into your juggling thing. And you're like, okay, now I can't. You see, it says says that the men of Judah, you know who the, the tribe of Judah is? Does it sound familiar? Jesus was from what? the tribe of Judah. He's called the Lion of Judah. This was a kingly tribe. These were leaders. These were strong men. I mean, they led, the the, the kings and the priests came from Judah. Uh, They were warriors, leaders, strong, not easily defeated. But the men from Judah came to Nehemiah and they said, we're tired. Some of you feel spiritually defeated simply because you're physically exhausted. You've been staying up late, you've been working overtime, you haven't been eating right, haven't been resting well, and you're just so tired that you feel like God is thousand miles away and things that you saw clearly before, now you don't see. Your marriage isn't going well because you snap and you're crabby and... you know what the pro you say, Pastor, I need to go to a retreat or a conference to get spiritually revived. No. You know what you need? You need a nap. You just need to rest. Well, we're going to rest right there until next weekend here on Bold Steps Weekend. We're only halfway through this message titled Moving Forward Under Attack, and we will pick it up next time. By the way, have you requested your copy of our latest Bold Action Gift? Here again to tell us more about this special resource is Pastor Mark. In today's society, marriage is starting to look like a broken system. Young couples are encouraged to try everything under the sun except commitment. The divorce rate hovers at 50%. The benefits and very definition of marriage are challenged at every turn. And that's why this month's Bold Action Gift is so timely. It's a book by marriage counselor Gary Chapman called Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Got Married. 
And with more than 35 years of counseling couples, Dr. Gary Chapman believes that divorce boils down to a lack of preparation and a failure to learn the skills that marriage requires. That's why he put together this practical little book full of tips and information he wished he had received before he got married. And if you're looking for practical biblical advice on how to create a marriage that lasts, this book is where you will find it. Again, the title is Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Got Married. All right. Thank you, Mark. And we will send everyone a copy today when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps Weekend. To make your donation and request a copy of Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Got Married, just call 866-535-5580 or go to boldstepsweekend.org. Now, when you donate $30 or more each month, you'll gain access to our informative and encouraging bi-weekly email, The Bold Partner Post. And you'll also receive 50% off anything in the Moody Publishers catalog. These are just a few of the ways we say thanks to our bold partners. So sign up today on our website. And that is boldstepsweekend.org. One last reminder before we go, don't forget to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly. It's free and delivered automatically to your inbox every Monday morning. You can sign up online at boldstepsweekend.org. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that what you're hearing is encouraging and challenging you to take needed bold steps in your faith along your spiritual path. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Be sure to join us next time when Mark continues his message called Moving Forward Under Attack. That's next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.